San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Uh, Shereen Williams is going to be here in we saw it about 15 yeah, we minutes. Did. Yeah, we saw her at dinner, <laughs> and it was like, mother football is right there. Yeah, mother football. Left. I like that. Mother man. football. and um, Scared me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Dude, he did that to me yesterday with the fa. I'm like, oh. wait. Well, see, and I'm glad you – you know what? I'm glad you, That's fine. I'm glad you brought that up because – well, I wasn't on air with y'all, but I was sitting here when that conversation was going on, and it's spelled P-H-O. Oh, okay. So – But that's not how it's pronounced. Right. It's like salmon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You know well, you, I remember you and I looked at each other like, wait a minute. What did he say? Yeah. he. I thought he almost got us kicked out of – Yeah. Kicked off the – not radio, just fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, then he says mother football. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's what I say when I'm talking to my kids. Mother football. Where's the remote? <laughs> well, then she's standing right behind you now, too. Is, 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 <laughs> speaking of it. Hi, mother football. Am I the only one that has a camouflage remote control? Huh? I can never find my remote control. No, dude, they it's walk like away. It's like camouflage, dude. Yeah. No, they walk away. Yeah, they, they walk do. away. They do. They come out of mind of their own. My mom would kill me watching a, a lady, young lady, stand up. Dude, Rob, look at the shirt, man. <laughs> well, I mean, uh huh. She, Kurt, grab her some. Mother, yeah, mother football. I'm out. The, the, oh, no, you, you can be on. No, I mean, we're, we're a little early. It, it's fine. I do have. A, come on, put your headset on. Yeah, yeah. I have a. I, I want to talk to you. Okay. And I'm Shereen just, Williams, this is Rudy <laughs> J. He does yeah. the morning show. With I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I listen to your interviews all the time. The one thing I will say, because the conversation that I most recently heard was when you were discussing the Baseball Hall of Fame. And you were like, hey, you know, football is a little bit different. Right. But y'all made T.O. wait three years. And I thought he should have been first ballot. And I thought that was because of more off-the-field things. Do you agree with that? You know, I can't answer for anybody else in the room. I had him on my ballot. The thing that bothered me the first year was he didn't even make the cut from 15 to 10. And when you look at that ballot, if you go back and look at the 15 on there, Mm -hmm. you can't take that ballot and say he wasn't one of the 10 best on that ballot. Now, why people didn't have him on there, that that's up to them and why they did it. Did that play a part? Probably. Should it have played a part? Absolutely not. Right. So, But they have to live with their conscience of why they didn't vote him uh, on to the 10 the very first year. I mean, the fact is, he didn't make the cut to 10, much less to 5, yeah. much less to make <laughs> yeah. the you Hall know, of Fame. I- and he certainly, you no matter what else you want to argue, you can't argue that he wasn't one... He, that he should have been the, the one of the ten on that list. But I do feel like it's tough for you for you all to not think about it, to not think about the off the field or the type of guy he is. I, because I think it's human nature. Because, again, to give the backstory, we were talking about Barry Bonds uh-huh. yeah, and right, Clemens, right. just yeah. for those that weren't listening that day. And it was like, hey, you know what it's supposed to be about on the field, on the diamond between the 100 yards. And – um I would think if I had a vote, sometimes that would be tough to block, to just totally block that out. Okay, let's spin it forward. Okay, I've, okay. I've never had that. I have never in a million years had that for, for myself. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. I just I take that and and put it away and say that's not something I'm thinking. Let's spin it forward to this year. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. I'm completely against Aaron Rodgers. His anti-vax stance, his 
the way he portrayed, I don't care whether he got the vaccination or not. I think it was very selfish that he didn't get the vaccination. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that, you know, he was spewing this misinformation and, right. and lying about it and all of those things that played into it. I didn't hold it against him. I voted for him for for the MVP award. Wow. And now uh, we've all seen, wow. as you have stated, we've all seen that at least one voter did not vote yep. for right. Aaron Rodgers. Right. So not everyone can do that. But I, I will say I have never held it against someone, something like that, that that's off the field, that's unrelated to the stats and the wins and what that adds up to. So if it was me voting in the in the baseball Hall of Fame, I would have had Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds yep. and those guys in the you. Hall of Fame. I would have. Good for you. But now, having said all that, too, they do have a different set of criteria to consider than, than we do. We are not supposed to, and I, I think writing. anybody that, that talks about it, that they held something against a player for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, well, I guess we were talking about the MVP award. But for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, if anyone comes out, and I haven't seen anyone do it, but if they come out and said publicly that off the field played a part in their decision, their vote, then then I don't think they should have a you vote because vote. that's not something that should be considered. No, and most hey, of the man. voters for the Pro Football Hall Thank of Fame that I know that I've been able to talk to. Hang on, Rudy. We're, we're not done yet. Well, we got a we got a few minutes. This okay, is this ahead. is pre-interview time oh, with Kareem yeah. Williams. I um, we did bonus time. I, I, I go back and I appreciate every Pro Football Hall of Fame voter that you talk to feels like or, or at least says publicly about this oath and the standard that they have, and they don't. But I go back to To. He played on three different teams, and it's hard to get rid of a Hall of Famer once. People did it twice, and I think that played a part in him not making the cuts initially. Was yeah, his stats were all great, but was he a great teammate? Was there issues in the locker room that do, I think, go towards your Hall of Fame eligibility? Would you agree with that? Uh, mm, I think that's still off the field. It, it, I'm not talking about the sit-ups in the, the in the driveway. I'm talking about he went in a couple of locker rooms, and they could not wait to get rid of him, right. as great as he was. And I right. get your point. And, you know, again, yeah, maybe you do factor that in. Maybe some people do. I don't know. I, I just I just thought he was a, a first ballot Hall of Famer no, and should have probably been in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, there's a lot of guys, I think, probably were first ballot or second ballot hall. I think Michael Irvin probably had to wait too long. Drew Pearson definitely should have yeah, been 33 years. Yes, absolutely. And there's a lot of guys like that we could say that didn't. Now, I'm not saying Drew Pearson was a first ballot, but I don't think he should have waited 33 years. Right. But, yes, that some of that, all of that probably factors in to, to some people's votes. There's no question. With everything as wide open as it is, Shereen, I, their numbers are going to soar past the guys that are already in again y'all have a tough job because yeah. i don't know if it makes you a hall of favor like because you know michael Irvin did it on the team where yeah. it, it was emmett dominant right versus a cooper cup <laughs> he's yeah. targeted yeah. every three right. snaps so again that's going to be a tough job going down the road when you look at the because it's going to be like of course i have to put him in he's way past michael Irvin. he's way past whatever receiver from the 80s so but well, does that make them a hall of famer well and it's hard because we had the three receivers who were deadlocked for a really long time chris carter and andre yes. reed and, yeah. and i can't who i can't remember who the third was but they were deadlocked because everybody had their favorite of those three and and i think it could be that way again like right now like we have right. three receivers 
who who are kind of deadlocked in that. And and you do factor in the fact that the stats. You just can't look at receiver stats and go, "Ah, he should be a Hall of Famer because he's got all these stats." I mean, you know, one one thing when I first got on the committee, one thing they told me was, "Use your eyes." Mm, When you watch the player play, did you see a Hall of Fame player? And when I watch the likes of Aaron Donald, Von Miller, mm. I see a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, yeah. You know, in their prime, I see a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, that's awesome. More with Shereen Williams coming up from Pro Football Talk as we are in L.A. Our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage from Super Bowl Radio Row will continue. Joe Reinagle, Jason Minix, The Blitz on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250, 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage continues from Radio Row in Los Angeles. We talk to her every Tuesday at this time. Yeah. Now we get her in person. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. Saw you at dinner last night <laughs> at, at, at a very cool spot in L.A. And that's, that's always the cool thing. It's like here, you, you, you never know who you're going to see. And it's like, there's mother football. She's right there. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, you do run into a lot of different people. Had a guy sit down next to me, and turns out he's a friend of Clarence Hills, who I work with forever at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. So it's a small world, and you realize that when you get to the big city and see people from way far away. All right, Shereen, what did you have? Because we've all been talking yeah. about our, our meals. I had the smothered pork chops. They were Ooh, delicious. Yeah. What would you have? I had the... Uh, Chicken tenders, which okay. were outstanding, yeah. and some coleslaw to go with that, and some of their biscuits. That was a good, good place. It's a good place. Isn't it, it really was. I and I ate the night before. I ate the best Chinese food I've ever had. Oh wow! Yang Chow. Okay. Uh, put in a plug for Yang Chow. It's about a mile from here in in uh, Chinatown. Okay. Outstanding, unbelievable. Oh, food. we got to put that on the list. Unbelievable. Yeah, Yang Chow is Yang going Chow. on the Yang list. Yang Chow. Because I think tonight we're going to Tony's in Redondo Beach. Okay. Which I, I think we've been there before, being out here for Cowboys yeah. training camp. And we always, the last night before we leave, go to L.A. for, for right. the night just because it's easier than yeah. uh, trying to drive to LAX from Oxnard. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but I think we've been to Tony's or near Tony's. But in that area, I think it was where we're going tonight. You say food is very important to us. Uh, it's very important to me, too. I haven't decided on dinner tonight. There's a lot of good places around yes. here, though. Uh, well, the place we were at last night, go again. Yeah. You know, just well, get, get something the, different. I, but I think the Lakers play here tonight, right? Yes, yes. So it's going to be. be a little crowded down here. Yeah. Well, they play the Bucks, so that's a big game tonight. Yes, yeah. very big game. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. All right, we were talking earlier with Rudy about the Hall of Fame. Did we just bypass the five years for Tom Brady and put him in on Sunday? <laughs> Uh, well, he talked yesterday about maybe coming <laughs> back. Know. He doesn't know how he's going to feel, and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what they haven't worked out is whether he's going to be cut or whether they're going to put him on the reserve retired list. So the, he, right now he's on the Bucks roster. He has another year on his contract. That's what's going to be interesting, and that to me is what they're probably negotiating at this point. So we got the $15 million payment last Friday, the deferred signing bonus money that everybody screwed up that he wasn't going to get paid that money. Right. He was pay or he was to be paid that fifteen million, but he owed him sixteen million uh in, in signing bonus money that he wasn't going to make in his contract for next year. So I don't know, you know, I was on a conference call with Jason Light, the the GM and he said we'll work you know, we're working it with this agents and we'll work this out. So I'm sure that's all part of the negotiations of maybe they let him keep 
the the fifteen million, the sixteen million that he owes back. So that would be basically what thirty one million dollars. Yeah. Uh, maybe they let him keep that and go. Okay, you keep the the thirty one million dollars. Um, well, fifteen of which he's already earned, so he has to keep that. But so basically, they'd be giving him a check for for sixteen million dollars. And in return, we put you on the reserve retired list as opposed to cutting you. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it makes sense to me because if I'm the Buccaneers, I don't want to cut him. If I'm Tom Brady, I want to be cut. So then if I want to come back, say Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Packers, gets hurt in week 17 or 18 next year, maybe Tom Brady says, I'll pull a Eric Weddle, I'll go back and – because you know he's going to stay in shape. Oh, yeah. I'll go back and play week 18 and then and play in the postseason and maybe win, win me another Super Bowl. So you know he wants that option, if he's not going back to the Buccaneers, to, to be able to go somewhere if he decides to return. Tony Romo did that. If you remember, Cowboys still held his rights, but he wanted them to cut him, and they did. So they relinquished their rights to him, cut him. He never came back, but that opened the door for him to return to any team at any time. That's going to be interesting to see. And i, I got to believe that Tom Brady, I mean, nobody expects a, a player to play as long as he right. have, And at the, at the level that he plays at. But I can see him coming back. So he had to yeah. take a look at that Bucks team and say, well, that yeah. might this not be my best opportunity. And he's just keeping all the cards on the table, I think. Yeah, and, and it's smart to do that. I mean, you know, why wouldn't you um, to have an opportunity to come back to be a Brett Favre? And you're right. I, I was just looking at, at the stats the other day, and I'm like, wow, if he really goes out, like he went out on top. Yeah, his stats are incredible this year. It's not like he went out like Peyton. Man- At least Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with it, but he, you know, he lipped to the finish. Yeah. I mean, that team won on defense, and he just wasn't very good his last year. And a lot of those quarterbacks who who play into their forties just aren't very good their last few years. And he was great. He yeah. was absolutely great this year. I could have. I wrote Aaron Rodgers on my MVP ballot. I would have been very happy putting Tom Brady on my MVP ballot because he was that good. He, he was that good, and that's kind of what surprises me, that the announcement came so soon after the season. And I know, you know, Schefter and those guys started breaking the news, and maybe Tom wasn't ready to make an announcement. He didn't make the announcement on his own podcast even. But it, it felt like it was too soon after the season unless he had decided before the start of the season this was my last yeah. and didn't tell anybody. Well, and that very well could have been. You know, I, I know he didn't want the victory lap, uh, you know, people celebrating the end of, of mm-hmm. his career. So that might have been the plan all along. Or maybe Giselle pushed him to say at some point, this is enough. <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we're done. 22 years is enough. It's time for you to do something else. But however that played out, I don't think we'll ever know exactly whether he had it in his mind going into this season that this was going to be the last season or something happened along the way to where he decided it was his last season. But it was pretty quick after the season that the decision was made. And if you had any doubts about whether you were going to play another year, you'd think he would have played it out a little bit longer. Now, he needed to decide before free agency starts, but he could have played it out another month. No doubt. All right, Shereen, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because Houston Texans, it's been kind of a mess down there. They hire Lovey Smith, which I think we all agree is a good hire, he's a good coach, but it, the way that it happened just seems ugly to me. What's your take on it? Yeah, the process was messy. Yeah. No, no question yeah. about that. I mean, there's no doubt that they wanted to hire Josh McCallan. And then when Brian Flores filed his lawsuit, that changed everything for them. And they ended up, frankly, 
probably better off than, than they would have. They ended up with a good coach, and uh, I'm very happy for Lovey to get another chance. I know he didn't probably expect to get this second chance, third chance, fourth chance, if you want to include college. Yeah. Um, never expected to get that. I think he'll do very well in this job. He did very well in Chicago. You know, Tampa was a little bit of a struggle. Went eight and twenty-four. I think the record was. Illinois was a struggle. Um, and and they're not going to turn it around overnight. But but he knows how to be successful in the NFL. And and I think, you know, Pep Hamilton will help the yep. offense and some things that they did. But think about this: if if Jack Easterby and Nick Casario had gone to Cal McNair the day after the season ended and said, "Hey, we want to pay twenty million to pay off David Culley to hire Lovey Smith." You think Cal McNair is going to sign off on that? There is no possible no, way no, he's signing off no. on that. You could have kept David Culley if you were going to make this right. move. And they didn't. And if you were going to make this move, you could have done it the day after the season ended. Yeah. There was no need for a search. You you complied with the Rooney rule by hiring a minority coach. So you didn't have to have this whole search. So that's why there's zero doubt that they wanted Josh McCowan and the Brian Flores lawsuit changed everything. Was it... McNair and Easterby and Casario changing their mind, or do you think there was some pressure from Roger Goodell in the NFL office in light of the lawsuit, too, dude? Well, hopefully they're smart enough to figure out we can't do this Well, I I don't know that they are smart enough. (laughs) I added the the but there. Uh, If they weren't smart enough, I am sure they got a phone call saying, you cannot do this, period. You cannot do this. And the fact that it is such a dumpster fire during the press conference today, the fire alarms are yeah. going off. Right. Yeah, it was I mean, the irony, right? Par for the course. <laughs> you know, Shireen, we all know about the, you know, and, the, and talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit. Obviously, you know, there's some issues there with, with the hiring process. But what disturbs me even just as much as that is people or him uh, accusing people of paying him to lose games. I mean, that really concerns me when you're talking about the integrity of the game. Well, and I don't know if Lovey Smith was asked about this in his press conference, but he probably should have been in light of everything we're talking about because they tanked. If you go back, that game against the Saints, they were up by 11 at halftime. They needed to lose to secure the number one overall pick. They absolutely tanked the game. They pulled players out of that game. Josh McCowan, by the way, was a starting quarterback. Pull, pull players out of that game at halftime so that they would lose the Saints in the last week of the season. They secured the number one overall pick to select Jameis Winston. Now, I, I'm not saying Lovey was, was paid to do that, but I am saying tanking exists in the NFL, and that's a yeah. prime example of tanking and what we're talking about, that teams do lose to secure top draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, that that's bothersome, especially where the legalization of gambling has gone yes. and is going. Um, I think that's very, very troubling for the league, and it's something they're going to have to investigate, and it may cost a lot of people uh, jobs and perhaps ownership of a team. When you think about the idea of tanking to get the number one pick, the way the NFL does it, the more you lose, the higher your draft pick. Mm-hmm. Does the NFL need to look at going to an yes. NBA lottery type situation? No question. And I think they're going to, in light of all this, I think they're going to have to do that. And I don't know why they wouldn't want to do that because with everything else they've done, the you think about the combine and all these extracurricular things that are nothingness that they, the draft, the the you know everything like the NFL could 
do throw people out to the skills competition and they're going to light it up. So if you have this 30 minute production of, you know, hey, who's going to get the, you yep. know, NBA style? Yeah. Think about the ratings they're going to be up for this thing. It would be incredible. So, yeah, look- yeah, absolutely. They And I think they have to now. I don't think there's any question. I think they have to do that. Yeah, when you look at this, and obviously Roger Goodell has got a lot of things that he's juggling right now. Um, how do you think he's doing as the commissioner of the NFL? No, he's got a lot of dumpster fires yeah. going right now that he's trying to put out, and tomorrow's going to be interesting yeah. in that press conference. Um, you know, I, I I like him a lot, and and I think he's a good people person, and I think he's a good person overall, um, and I think he wants to do the right thing. Sometimes it's hard to do the right mm-hmm. thing, especially when you're answering uh, to, to 32 owners. Yeah. You're, you know, as Mike Florio likes to point out, you're the pin cushion uh, for those 32 oligarchs. Uh, and they're putting them, put those, you know, pin, you you take it. You take it for everybody. Um, so it's hard, and it's a hard position to be in, but he's paid well to, yeah. to do that job. But now he's he's got a lot on his plate right now. And I don't know if the NFL has been in this situation before with the Washington football team situation that's ongoing uh, and the, uh, the Texans situation. And then what we see um, with the Rooney rule, and all of that stuff. I mean, and now the lawsuit with with Brian Flores. So it's just it's one crisis after another right now, and he's got to figure out how to line these crises up and and get over these crises. And and it's it's a hard place to be. I, I don't know if they've ever been in this position truly. Yeah, I don't think so either. And, and you go back to the Mark Cuban quote. You guys remember it probably. I don't know what it was six, seven, eight years ago when he said. It, Hogs get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you start to wonder if if the, this is part of the hog getting slaughtered. Well, it could be, and the NFL is by far king right now no of question. all the professional sports. And you hate to see this because there is such a fan interest in the game. There's no question about it. But then you have these things that just kind of chip away at what they're doing. Yeah, so, but unlike no baseball, all these dumpster fires isn't driving any fans away. No, it's not. Yeah. it's, it's no, more it's conversation. Not. Hell, it's yeah. great for our business. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> About that. Yeah, truly. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk, reader there, watcher on Peacock. So much to talk with you about, Shereen, but we're we're running out of time. So next week we'll actually dive into the Cowboys offseason and what we think they might do. <laughs> so great. one of these years when we're here, they're actually in the game. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe. One of these years. Yeah. Shereen, thank you for stopping by. Great seeing you at dinner. Good seeing you in person. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate y'all it. having me on. Shereen Williams from uh, Pro Football Talk joining us here on The Blitz.